This is Pete Jones, and you are listening to the Dragons Are Real podcast. Hi Pete, it's Goblin Senchman here. Just a quick voice message about your recent episode on point crawls. Uh, I thought it was a very interesting analysis you did there. I was particularly interested in this idea of using different lines to represent different kinds of journeys. So maybe a longer journey or, or a difficult journey. I thought that was uh, definitely an idea that I will remember. I think this idea of presenting adventure information in abstract fashion, uh, preferably in a compact fashion, is something that definitely interests me. I've done some blog posts on procedurally generating point crawls and even more recently a post on something calling a grid crawl, which is like a two-dimensional point crawl. Um, I suppose I'll probably mention to you, I suppose, my module carapace, which contains a procedural way of generating a point crawl in a giant ant colony. Um, that might be an interest, maybe it won't be. Okay, thanks a lot, bye. That call-in was from Goblin's Henchman, uh, talking about the uh, episode I did on point crawl. Yes, I am interested in this uh, carapace procedural navigation, so I will check that out, and for anybody else out there who's interested, the, um, I'll put a link in the show notes, but you can find, find out all about it at goblinshenchman.wordpress.com. So I'm going to talk about a couple of the games I've been playing today. The first one is I've been playing online with the Audio Dungeon Discord lot, Barra Maze, using the Delving Deeper rules, and Cody M is running that one. There's about four or five of us currently running at the moment. Finding Delving Deeper, I was a bit unsure about it at first. Uh, it's D20 and D6, no polyhedrals, and I thought that I wouldn't like not having polyhedrals for different damage. Let's be honest, it doesn't really matter. The game moves along quickly. It's dead simple. They're, it's not about min-maxing the best weapon you can. Weapons are flavour. And I know Rob on his Dan in a Heap has said that he doesn't like D6 for damage. It's a bit too limiting. But the game moves on quick. And I think it makes it more of the story. Um, my character in the Baramaze is now third level fighter. Um, he's got a mummy necrosis, so that means that uh, he heals really slowly. So we're trying to. Uh, <coughs> and then Cody's uh, got some carousing rules, uh, which he uh, has adapted off the web. And I'll put some links to the show notes for the ones that he, he references. But basically, what you can do is. Um, you can spend gold to try and carouse, and then you make a saving roll versus poison, if I remember rightly. And if you make your saving roll, the gold you spent then converts to XP. If you fail your saving roll, which I did, then um, he rolls on the carousing table to see what get, went wrong. And I got mugged by the Bogtown Bastards. Um, this is a group that we've been having some trouble with, and basically they, they robbed all my stuff, um, nicked it all, lost my armour, my, my magic shield, my magic arrows, 
So uh, uh, the next session, which uh, at the time of recording we're running later today, we're on a mission to get the Bogtown bastards and get our stuff back. Um, so uh, there might be a big battle in that one. Back in episode 21, I did a rule, uh, review of some alien rules for playing alien genres. Uh, one of the set of rules I reviewed in that was Stay Frosty. Well, guess what? I managed to get a game in of Stay Frosty. On Labor Day in America, which is the first Monday in September, the guys in the Audio Dungeon decided to have a con, an online con, which uh, has since been named Procrasticon because it was arranged really quickly. And there were a bunch of games put on. Uh, unfortunately, with it being US time mainly, there was only sort of one game that I could get in, and that was uh, Eric Swanson ran Stay Frosty. And it was run, it was Eric's first time running an online games GM, and he did a cracking job. We did it using a roll Twitter, sorry, Hangouts for the audio stroke visual, and then Twiddler. He used it like an online whiteboard for putting on the putting on the maps and images, and we also used it for the dice roller. And I managed to play with a couple of new persons there, new people that I hadn't played with before. Um, there was Jeff, I think he's Evil Jeff on the Dungeon Discord. Eric's mate um, Chris, who's one of his mates, who's not one of the uh, anchorites. There was Larry from the Follow Me and Die podcast, and I'll put a link to the, his podcast in the show notes. Cody M made an appearance as well, uh, briefly, in that one. And uh, the rules, yeah, the rules as I described worked well for it. We were colonial marines on the planet with some evil, uh, going after some evil cultists to rescue, rescue the, um, the population. And if you want to hear more about that um, adventure, if you uh, listen to uh, Larry's podcast, uh, he did a review of the of the game that we played. So um, check that one out. But stay frosty. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Four hours, great fun. My monthly Lamentations of the Flame Princess game is still going strong. I run that at my local gaming group, and that's the second Thursday of the month. And it's an open tabletop game, I have between four and eight players. Last uh, time, I think we needed about four players, and uh, they found a m massive amount of uh, treasure uh, after fighting some undead, and uh, that was it. Uh, they were told up to get the treasure out of the dungeon and uh, back to town, and uh, a lot of them levelled up now. So uh, over half the players at level two now. As, as uh, always happens, uh, somebody rolled a one for the new hit points, and it was the fighter. So uh, we've got um, Clavix with more hit points than the fighter now. But hey, that's uh, the way you go when you're running a, a big extractor clone. Um, at, I've mentioned that I've been using the Arkham Forge Masters Toolkit for the tabletop, and you can check out uh, my previous episode on that one if you want to hear about that. But um, the Master's Toolkit works really well for face-to-face um, -face play. Uh, all the players really enjoy it. And uh, it's a bit of work in the background setting up the maps. Um, but the visual effects on the night uh, are really good. And uh, now they've included 
an encyclopedia on there. I don't even need separate notes now. Uh, each room has got a button I can click and it brings up the room description. I've got all the monsters on there now. So it really has uh, reduced the amount of paperwork I need. And uh, Master's Toolkit is still getting uh, love from the developers. I'm on the, or the Discord with them. Uh, and there's great things moving forward for that. Tokens are hopefully coming soon. And they're doing a bit of a rewrite of the, uh, the map designer. So, uh, yeah, again, Master's Toolkit. I highly recommend it if you play face-to-face -face games. And uh, it's a one-off payment. You don't have to pay um, a subscription. So, thumbs up for that one. Another game I got to run recently uh, was Mothership. That was uh, one of my local gaming nights. Um, I had three players, and uh, one of the players, he's a, he's a min-maxer. So uh, as soon as he said he wanted to join in, I went a bit off-field to catch him out. And as, as I knew, he, would, he designed a, a colonial marine, a tank that would be great in any combat. And they ran a three and a half hour sessions with no combat in whatsoever. The scenario I had was they were woken up from their cry of sleep in the middle of nowhere. The hyperdrive had broken down and had really weird stuff going on the ship. Um, bad memories coming back to haunt them. The android who was running the ship had no data, didn't know what was going on. And it was a bit like a, a murder mystery type one scenario. And it was, they had, they were transporting some weird artifact that was uh, messing with time. So when they eventually worked out, they realised that uh, they'd woken up several thousand times, but each time something had gone wrong, so it reset. Now I've talked about this uh, on my blog, but the, the other week at our face-to-face -face game, uh, one of the lads was supposed to be putting on, it's either Marvel Superheroes or Judge Dredd, I forget which now, he's putting on the game. And uh, we all arrived down at the club and then we had a, a message off him to say something had cropped up and he couldn't get down. So we had four of us there who were all ready for a game and had nothing planned. So the lads turned to me and said, what can you run? I told them, go to the bar, get some drinks, let me have a think about it. And five minutes later, I had a game up and running. And the game I, uh, I ran was a Stranger Things type game. So they were 80s kids in a town of their choosing. And the town was grimly dark upon walled, English town. They were school kids. Um, and the rules I used was that I hacked... Uh, Lasers and Feelings by John Harper because it's a nice simple system I always keep uh, dice in my bag and I keep some index cards so the index cards were used as the character sheets and in Lasers and Feelings you have a stat that is between 2 and 5 you pick the number and then in the original Lasers and Feelings if you want to do something with lasers you roll under the number if you want to do something with feelings you, you roll over the number so the one stat does both so I had the stat as fear and fun. Fear was the fighting, confrontation, persuasion type of moves or actions. And fun was using reason, logic, investigation or running away. And the um, characters I had were athletes, a bully, a geek, heartthrob, goth or the new kid. And I got the, the guys to roll for one of those to pick random one of them. They rolled for random clothing, 
Long for Transport, which was normally the BMX bikes, normal bikes, skateboard roller skates. And they had one piece of gear, which was, I think we had a, a baseball bat, a flashlight and walkie-talkies. So that's what they got. And they got them to name the town, got them to name the school. And the scenario we played was out of the Tales from the Loop core book, which I have as PDF on my Kindle, which I carry around with me everywhere. And basically, uh, there had been a disappearance in the school. Uh, somebody, somebody had been chased and frightened by somebody in the school. Then we had uh, disappearances. Uh, we had some murders. And basically, it turns out that the old school caretaker um, was a robot and he had killed his master and was designing more robots and using the, the human parts to meld with machine parts to make another robot to try and get the perfect android. Um, they thoroughly enjoyed the game for such a simple game. Uh, everybody was captivated by it as a, as a GM. It was great. I had, uh, had, a, had a bit of improv on there as well. Uh, they were surprised what you could do with just one stat. Um, and uh, there was loads of 80s quotes all the way through it. And at the end of the uh, day, um, they solved the mystery. And as one of them said, it wasn't for them pesky kids. We would have got away with it. I've since written up the rules for fear and fun. So uh, they're up on my website. And I've done one as uh, a PDF, a one-sheet PDF, if you fancy that way. And the other one I've turned into issue two of my Dragons Are Real zine. And uh, I'll put the link to both of those and you can choose which one you want. The zine is a trifold paper, so you can pick which one of those you want and uh, feel free to use them and hack it to your content. <laughs>